Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Well, I think there's a lot of interest in the Trailblazers organization. There always is. Like, you know, as long as I've done this radio show uh, approaching 17, 18, 19, 20 years, I've lost count. Uh, you know, there's just always been interest in the Trailblazers. They are an institution in the state of Oregon. Of course, there are a lot of people concerned about the roster, what's going to happen, but there's a whole other side to this organization that uh, we always talk about on this show. I think we cover the business of sports probably more so than others. Uh, Dwayne Hankins is the president of the Portland Trailblazers and is joining us now. Dwayne, thanks for making time. Yeah, no problem, John. Thanks for having me on. Give me an idea. Um, schedule comes out. Uh, I'm sure that you know everybody else is focused on the roster, Damian Lillard, all that stuff. But where's the business mind of the Blazers today? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, you know, we come out with the uh, with the schedule on last Thursday, and and we do everything we can to prepare for that. And that's usually when it starts to get pretty busy around here. So um, for us. Schedule comes out, we start building ticketing packages. Our tickets go on sale on Friday for single games, and we're sort of off and running. I, I conveniently planned my vacation right before schedule came out because <laughs> it starts to pick up around this time. Yeah, I always wonder kind of what is the downtime for you guys. Um, you know, I know that, you know, when the team's winning, coming off a playoff run and there's a lot of enthusiasm, it probably makes the sales reps' uh, jobs easier, t- season tickets easier, sponsorships easier. Um, how much more creative do you have to be maybe when you're not coming off a, a deep run in the playoffs? I think the foundation that we try to set is despite the product on the court, despite what the wins and losses look like, how do we as a business build just that really strong foundation to be able to, to, to handle things? And so, you know, I would point to our renewal rate this year being close to 93% on season tickets, which is obviously a tribute to our incredible fan base who's been supportive and loyal through all that time, but it's also really a tribute to, um, you know, the hard work that our team does on the phones and listening to our fans and understanding our fans and just making sure we have a convenient slate of ticketing products, whether that's a full season or half season or quarter season or what have you, to make sure fans have what they need to be able to go to the games if they want to. You mentioned C- single game tickets going on sale. You said, I believe Friday. Um, you know, mm-hmm. is that just? Uh, are there packages within that, or or is it just single games? How do you how do you sort of market that? Yeah, we we are always on sale with season tickets in any form. So please feel free to to call us anytime for those. Um, but we always have single game tickets go on sale. You know, once we have the schedule come out, and we give our season ticket holders the opportunity to purchase those tickets in advance of the general public. So those those sales will start sooner. But for the general public, those not connected to the Blazers in a tangible way from a season ticket perspective, um, they have that access starting on Friday. Yeah. Blazers president Dwayne Hankins is our guest. Um, Moda Center, it, it, you know, there's been some construction there. I know you and I have talked a little bit about what the league is doing, and I think, you know, they're making some standard uh, – some standardization across the league when it comes to access to the court for the teams and the players. What's happening at Moda Center with construction? A lot. Yeah, it's been a busy summer. And and I need to go back to last time I replaced the roof on the Moda Center. You know, like any building, it's it's nearing, um, gosh, uh, 30 years of being around. And so there's just some things that we need to get done. The roof got done last year. 
this year it's uh, this big steel project that it's uh, one of our biggest capital projects that we've done individually. And that's just to get, again, like you said, things up to code in terms of um, where the league wants um, media to be and, and how big the bombs are. It's really inside baseball, but really making sure that those seats are replaced. And for us on the concert side, you know, being able to do those conversions from, um, from concert to game and game back to concert in a much quicker fashion. So the, the fans in those seats will experience, you know, better seats, um, a little bit different location, um, but it's really to help move our business and, and sort of evolve and get ready for things like concerts in a quicker way. People have told me over the years that, you know, the Moda Center building has got great bones and then other people say, no, it's it's a little outdated. I don't get around the league as much as you do and see other buildings. How is the... How are the bones of the building, so to speak, when you talk about comparing Moda Center to other venues? I think the bones of the building are, are in really great shape. I think the fact that you look and have you know the river right here, you have public transportation nearby and easy to access for our fans. You have parking that's really great and on-site. I think those are the types of things that we look at and say the bones are really good. I think where we see opportunity obviously is on the fan experience and on the amenity side. And so, you know, that's things when you're in the building, um, you know, the concourses. One of the pieces of feedback that I heard early on getting this role was, you know, Portland is so unique and different and you walk in the Moda Center and it feels like every other building. And so we've done, made a real conscious effort in the last 10 years to make it feel more like Portland. And, um, you know, there's probably more that we can do in that respect as well. And the other thing I would say is, you know, our games are often uh, during the rainy season here in Portland. And so what you've seen in a lot of newer buildings or in updated buildings is these, you know, these big these big atrium entryways where fans can wait so they don't have to, you know, be, be soaked in the rain or the elements when they're getting the ticket scanned because of all the new changes that have happened in the last 25 years in terms of having fans have to get their bags checked and security measures and things like that. Dwayne Hankins with us, Blazers president. Uh, the launch of the G League team. Uh, how important is this to you guys, and what can we expect? Incredibly important. And, you know, kudos to Jody, who really understood the value of this, not just from a business perspective where, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a huge moneymaker, but on the player development perspective where it's really going to help our GM, Joe Cronin. I think we see it really as, on the business side, a real research lab, a real R&D opportunity. And so, you know, we've got some great employees, Hannah, Grower, who's going to run the team on the president side, uh, has done a tremendous job building her team and her staff. We've done a got a really great start on terms of season ticket sales. I think the Child Center is a fantastic place for the team to play, and we're really looking forward to you know doing all these things that we we've always wanted to try in our business, but in a much more sort of low risk environment with the remix. So it's, it's, we're looking forward to it. Give us an idea of you know when you mentioned that that laboratory that you have available to you, and what kinds of things can have you seen others try? that maybe have translated to to the actual NBA team? Or what comes to your mind when I say that that lab-like atmosphere that you have there? Heavily fan experience things, but, you know, uh, concession prices. Um, you know, do you want to look at different things and, and see if there's different pricing for different items that might make more sense? Uh, start times for games. You know, we've always traditionally looked at 7 o'clock as the – as the optimum start time for every game and then six o'clock on Sundays. But does it make sense to try different start times? Um, you know, our ticketing partner there um, is, a, is a partner that's, that's different than what we use at the Moda Center. So it allows us to try sort of different elements in terms of how we package tickets and pricing together and, and what else we can combine with the ticket. So 
um, you know, again, kudos to Hannah and her team uh, on that. But there's, I think there's plenty of things that we can try. And then the last thing I'd say is on the broadcast side, right? So we tried a lot of different things last year on our, on our Blazers broadcast. Some of them worked really well, and some of them we were kind of trying on the fly. And to have, again, another low-risk environment like the G League to try some of those things before we take them to our big, big broadcast, I think would be a huge opportunity. Dwayne Hankins, our guest, Blazers president. Uh, you know, of course, I'm getting blown up right now during the interview with people who want to know how soon will Portland have a WNBA team. Does that cross your desk? Is that a conversation that's ongoing? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a conversation that's ongoing. It crosses my desk. I do think that the folks who want to bring that team here are working really hard on it and committed to it and, and want to bring it here for the right reasons. And as the Blazers organization, we are very excited to uh, support it in any way that we can. You know, the more basketball that people get the opportunity to see, the better. And, you know, the summer months are often quieter here, and so we would love to be able to support a WNBA team if it came to fruition. I, uh, You know, I'm thinking about the the franchise, and this is a franchise that really has been an institution since the days of Harry Glickman and the Blazers as a founding franchise or, you know, as the franchise was founded in, in Portland. Uh, and how it has blossomed. There are a lot of concerns with people who say, hey, you know, we'd, we'd love to see new ownership. The ambiguity is is not good, that uncertainty lingering in the background. From a business standpoint, how important is it for the franchise in your mind to have that kind of direction or or that kind of footing? Yeah, I think we have, you know, really great direction from, from Jody on down, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's been... Um, you know, since I got into this role about two years ago, we've completely changed the leadership with myself and Joe at the helm. Uh, it was Jody that thought it was incredibly important for business and basketball to have really great relationships, which, um, you know, Joe and I have, have forged and built within our own teams. Um, you know, it's about bringing the right talent here, not just on the basketball court, of course, which is, is Joe's realm, but on the business side as well and making those kinds of decisions to, to do that. And we've made some changes along that front. I mentioned the G League where Jody's investment, I think, has been really great on in terms of bringing that team so that it can help a development pipeline for the team. And then in the last two years, the amount of work that's gone into our practice facility, you know, we went to Jody and said, this is one of the smaller facilities in the league, and it's a heavy recruitment tool, and this is an arms race. And, you know, we expanded the practice facility last year. This year, we're redoing the kitchen and building a whole new food program that we didn't have existing. And so... You know, it, it obviously takes uh, us to come up with those concepts sometimes, but it's also Jody asking how we can be better, and, and she's really been open-minded about the types of things that we can do, and it's been really, really helpful. Dwayne Hankins with us, Blazers president. I really appreciate you coming on. You know, I'm not going to pepper you with a bunch of roster questions because I realize <laughs> that would be like asking Joe Cronin about, you know, the prices of tickets and stuff like that, but... Um, you know, how much contact do you have, Dwayne, over the years? You know, I know you worked with Chris McGowan before, who was fairly mm-hmm. accessible at games. Uh, you know, do you have an open door if fans have concerns or questions? You know, uh, you know, is there any forum where they could potentially reach out to you and, and bounce those questions off you? Yeah, absolutely. We have, um, you know, if you see me at a game, Feel free to come up and chat with me. You know, certainly send an email to uh, the, the, web, the website on the, the team. Um, you know, we love hearing that feedback. One thing I've always said about Blazers fans and worked in a couple of different markets is that they really care about this team. 
Um, they really feel like a sense of ownership of this team, and they're not shy about telling you how they feel about it. And we learn something every time we hear those things. And so, you know, we're always an open door to wanting to hear those things and how we can do a better job. All right. Uh, Dwayne Hankins, president of the Trailblazers, thank you for joining us. I know you got a big season in front of you. I'd love to have you on, check in with you maybe midseason, see how things are going. But, uh, you know, if you ever want to do one of those fan forums, uh, we used to do it back in the day. We'd take some questions, and uh, some of the Blazers uh, GMs and executives used to take questions, and I really connected them, I think, with uh, with the fan base. So that that I will leave that door open to you. Thank you, John. I appreciate you having me on, and look forward to hearing more about that. All right. Dwayne Hankins, there he is, president of the Portland Trail Blazers. Don't at me and ask me why I didn't ask about Dame. He's, that's, not his, uh, that's not his area of expertise. I can say... That when things are humming on the basketball side, uh, you got to think it's easier on the season ticket sales and sponsorship front. It you know it's probably not as easy anywhere as it is in you know a place like Golden State. Um, you know uh, when the Lakers are humming and you know there's a lot of enthusiasm when LeBron first arrived with the Lakers, when Kevin Durant gets traded to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think there's a uh, a lot of enthusiasm that gets drummed up uh, amid those things. But, uh, Stephen, I'm going to ask you about this because it's something we talked about on yesterday's show. I think it's really important that the Blazers either get resolution. I'm just going to say it. I think it's important that the Blazers get resolution on the Damian Lillard front before minute one of the season. And that, to me, doesn't mean he has to be traded. It just means I need to hear from Lillard that, if he is in uniform in Portland, then he's not sitting out because I think that really does inhibit people who say, hey, I want to see an early season game. Is Damian Lillard going to be in uniform? Like, that's a hard thing to sell if you don't know that. 100%. And I don't know exactly what Dame, like, if Dame comes out and says, you know, I really do want to be traded, that will definitely resolve the issue. I just don't know that he's ever going to do that like that doesn't seem like Damian Lillard's personality that he's going to come out and actually say it out of his mouth so I feel like while yes I agree with you I would love to have some resolution I'm afraid that we're not going to have any and it's going to come down to you know what you know just another game of chicken between the Blazers and Damian Lillard and his camp of what they're going to do whether they trade him whether they keep him whether they say hey Dame you know we're just going to keep him on the roster right now you better show up it's your contract you got to show up and do it and if Dame does or not I, I'm very intrigued by this I just, I'm, I'm with you. I would love a resolution. I'm afraid we're not. We're, we're not going to get one. I really don't think so. I, uh, I am concerned about it affecting the season. That said, I don't have high expectations for the season because if they trade Lillard and they do get a bunch of picks or young players, I'm not expecting a bunch of W's. I'm expecting the Blazers to be back in the lottery, picking high in the draft again, possibly, you know, competing for one of the top three or four picks and trying to get another good young player to put alongside Scoot Henderson and and then build from there. But this Lillard thing, I talked about it yesterday. I got some pushback from Anna. I got some pushback from some listeners. It's annoying me a little bit that Lillard's being passive-aggressive. Am I out in left field on this, Stephen? Like, he unfollows the Blazers on Instagram. What's next? MySpace? I don't know. Like, just come forth and talk. I mean, you I, know? it's kind of just what what athletes do now like they are passive aggressive and they do it that way i will say this like i i find it a little 
I, I don't know what I'm trying to think of the word what I find, but I find it just I don't like the fact that Dame did come out and sign the extension and now he wants to be traded before the extension even kicks in. Like that stuff bothers me. Like I understand that you can make more money that way, but at the same time, if you really don't want to be in Portland, you really couldn't have seen it a year ago when you signed the extension that you're not going to want to be in Portland. Because guess what? If he's a free agent, John, he can sign with whoever he wants to. He can play for any team in the league. But he decided to take that contract extension because it gets him the most money, and then you want to be traded to only one team. That doesn't. That's not how it works. That shouldn't be how it works. So I don't blame the Blazers for that, and it does bother me a little bit that Dame played it that way. Now, him unfollowing the Blazers, it is what it is. Like, that just that stuff happens. But at the same time, like, it bothers me that he t- he took the extension and then before it even kicks in, he's like, no, I don't want to be here. Like, at some point, a contract has to be worth something. And he's really making it so it's not. And he's trying to play the system. It does bother me a little bit. I'll be honest. And here, here's the other thing. I'll add a caveat to it. Because I talked to Bob Witts at former Blazers president and GM. And I said, you know, what options do the Blazers have? And they said, well, it's not like he can sit out. If he sits out, the Blazers can not pay him. And so I think that's the only acceptable caveat. If he doesn't want to be here so much that he's willing to say, I don't need the paycheck, and he's going to sit out and give away the money, I might feel differently about it. I might go, okay, you really don't want to be here that much that you're not going to take the paycheck? Okay, g- goodbye. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's not an indictment of his character. And I think, you know, maybe I was uh, – People, you know, the people who called in yesterday were maybe really made me think about it. I'm like, gosh, you know, do I have it wrong? And I think that's part of the beauty of the show. It's like, you know, it really, as I took those calls, I took it to heart. And Anna's telling me, no, no, you're wrong. It's not wrong for Lillard to unfollow the Blazers on Instagram. This is, you know, it, but but I am with you, Stephen. Like, I don't think it's an indictment of his character that he doesn't want to be here. Okay, like in in an ideal any relationship, any work relationship, any personal relationship, you don't want to hold somebody captive like you don't want an employee who doesn't want to be at work with you to be there. But I do take exception to kind of the manner in which he expresses his displeasure. It's not James Harden saying my general manager is a liar and I don't want to work with him ever again. That's one end of the spectrum. But it's really passive aggressive, I think, to not say anything to cryptically tweet, to have your agent behind the scenes kind of calling other teams and and using the media to get your messaging out. Just come out and talk. Would you res- Just, would you respect it more if Dame pulled at James Harden and said, "No. Joe Cronin, you're a liar." Because you he no. could say that. He could say that Joe Cronin lied to him. He anybody could say anything. I I think the thing I would respect more is if Damian Lillard stood in front of a camera and maybe he'll do this at media day. And he looked into the camera at the fans who root for him and have bought his jerseys and have supported him and believe that he's this great community member. I think that if he looks into the camera and says, look, I'm like you. I've been here a long time. I'm super frustrated that this franchise didn't ever build around me. We have that in common. I was hopeful that they would listen to me when I said, hey, we really need to make, uh, we really need to put a roster together or, uh, maybe I'm not going to be here. They didn't do it, and I'm at a point in my career where I want to go play for a winner. Maybe I shouldn't have signed that extension. I could be in control of my destiny, but I would like to be somewhere else. Like I would have more respect for that than unfollowing the Blazers on Instagram and having his agent do his bidding. It's just it's disingenuous to me. It's passive aggressive. It's you know, come on. Like it in a weird in a weird way. It I feel like it harms 
Blazer fans, and it harms you now kind of the psyche of the season more than it harms and 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 affects the actual outcome that he's trying to get. Because if he really wanted to be traded, if he really wanted to be out of the organization and the Blazers to get maximum value for him, the right tactic would always be to never say you want to be traded publicly, to not have your agent leak it to media members, to not unfollow the team on social media, but to turn to the agent in a face-to-face conversation and turn to your general manager in a face-to-face conversation and say, look, I want to get out of here. I'm going to play my ass off until you trade me, but I need you to trade me. I don't want to be one of those NBA players that has to go public and throw a tantrum and make the situation untenable before you do it. So I'm going to be a good soldier here, but you have to do be ethical with me in return and work like hell to get me out of here. Because then you Blazers are coming to the table with the Miami Heat or whoever, and they're coming with you know in a way that is honest and honorable and with some leverage. And because without it now, you know the the Heat are never going to offer the best possible deal, and they back the Blazers into a corner that I completely understand. The Blazers are at a garage sale here, going, hey, wait a minute. We don't want garage sale pricing on Damian Lillard. We'd like to get some retail pricing on him. And the only way to get that is to get to the season and make it clear that you're going to expect that he's in uniform and and try to do the deal closer to February. Do you think that Dame is a little selfish the way he's gone about this and almost the fact that he's kind of doing Portland a little dirty by going public and making sure they don't get the biggest trade package available because – I kind of think it, it kind of goes with this game on the court. Like, he he's not a selfish player, but he kind of is a little selfish of a basketball player. What do you think about it? Doesn't play a lot of defense, shoots a lot of threes all by himself, a lot of on-ball screens for him one-on-one. He's kind of pulling that off the side here. The Blazers have given him a lot of money, and I understand that money's not everything, and they may have lied to said we're going to build around you, but he's kind of been a little selfish in this whole situation, and I think it's hurting the Blazers' fan base. It's hurting the franchise. Because you're right, we have no idea – what do you expect about this season? Because we have no idea who's going to be on the roster. Is it going to be Dame? Is it going to be anybody else? Who We have no idea. First season in a decade where you can't say, hey, I know kind of who at least. Give me, you know, give me four players that are going to for sure be on the court on opening night. Like, we don't, we don't quite know what to expect. Because if you're the Blazers, and, yeah. if you're the Blazers and you want to trade Dame, you're going to want to trade Nurk as well. You want to be and as Nurk, bad as Nurk, possible. Nurk is listed as house for sale. Like, you know, it's there's all of this uncertainty that is going on in the background. Like, Nurk is the type of player, John, where it's like he's good enough to win some games, but he's not good enough to build your team around. So you, if you're a rebuilding team, you don't want that guy in your team. And so if you're the Blazers, you want to trade Nurk in that Dame piece and the Dame trade, but if Dame's still on the roster opening night, Nurk's going to be on the roster overnight. Like, what do you do in that situation? All right, so here's the other thing. You asked the question, like, is he, is he doing Portland dirty? I'm not going to go that far because I think the average NBA player is so ridiculously out of touch with the public that I don't think that's a fair assessment because I just don't think they have lived or played by the same rules for as long as they have been in the NBA. And, you know, I'll go back to LaMarcus Aldridge, who, you know, I had a great relationship with LaMarcus, really enjoyed covering him, found him to be, you know, on the level, good guy. But, man, one day he was complaining about being tired. And he's in the locker room, and he was complaining about, you know, how tired he was. And I just kind of looked at him, and I said, tired like your mom when she was driving a bus? Because his mom drove a bus. And he looked over at me and he smiled and he goes, different kind of tired. Like, you know, they down deep, I think they there there is an entitlement in professional sports in general that players, when they leave the game, struggle with. 
they leave the game and suddenly they're you know they're not getting the reservation they're not having the door held for them so people stop asking them for autographs and stop asking them to be on radio shows and for tv interviews so things change after they leave the game. But I think what Damian Lillard is trying to do here is he's trying to say, hey, it's been really hard on me. He's given a couple interviews to that extent. This has been really difficult. Stuff away from basketball is, you know, way harder. And I think he's really struggling with, like, all right, how do I bridge to that next job and that place I want to be, Miami, without being a jerk to the place that I was? And because James Harden will do it. James Harden would have turned on Portland already. So I'll give Dame that credit, but I just think I think he's a little out of touch. Like the unfollowing on Instagram, he knows what that's going to do. I think that that affects the fan base and the psyche of the fan base more than it affects Joe Cronin's ability to get a deal done. You know, it's a passive aggressive move that says, you know, I'm I'm mentally out of here. I don't want to be part of the Blazers organization anymore. Well, we already know that, and that's not going to help the trade value as Portland comes to the table with Miami. And so I'm kind of left thinking like. You know, on one hand, I think it's really relatable. Blazer fans can relate with what Damian Lillard has been through. You've been there, too. And in a lot of ways, I think it's harder for fans than it is for Damian Lillard, who was cashing a paycheck and making 40 to $50 million a season. But by, uh, by extension of that, I also think the Blazers, who I am hypercritical of all the time, I will nitpick them left and right because they deserve it some days. But on this one, I actually don't blame the Blazers for holding out for the best possible deal. They've got one big poker chip to play here. They've got to make this hand count. And so they can't take pennies on the dollar for Damian Lillard. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.